0: Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, while we're on the topic this week of spiritual beings and the spiritual realm, I thought it would be appropriate to take a look at the parable of the divided kingdom, which is found in both Matthew 12, verses 24 through 30, and in Mark chapter 3, verses 23 through 27. Now, Matthew's account is a little bit longer and more drawn out, and so we're going to focus specifically on that one, but feel free to read both and to just kind of wrap your head around what's there. So this, this parable is tied in a big way into this larger discussion of the spiritual realm and the hierarchies that exist within it. And as I said, we're going to deal more with the, the bad guys, so-called, next week. But here we see that Jesus is directly interacting with a member of that group, a, a demon in particular. And Jesus heals this demon-possessed man. Now in Jewish thinking healing a demon possessed person and casting out a demon demonstrates that one has authority over that demon that you not just anyone could tell a demon to go pound sand you you had to have the authority to do that to command them to leave and then they had to obey and so obviously jesus is unique in this way that this is not something that just anyone could do so he has spiritual authority the question that comes up then is from where does his spiritual authority come because no one's arguing that he has it just where it originates from and so you see in this passage that two conclusions are drawn the first is drawn by the crowd in verse 23 of Matthew 12, and that is that maybe Jesus is the son of David. Now that phrase, that name in particular, son of David, is its key to understanding what's really being implied here, because by calling Jesus the son of David, they are linking Jesus to the Davidic covenant in Second Samuel chapter 7. And if you go and you read the Davidic covenant that God promises David in 2 Samuel 7, part of that promise is an everlasting kingdom that shall come through someone who is in the line of David, that's, that's an heir of his. And so that means that if Jesus is this son of David, that particular son of David, where an everlasting kingdom is going to be established through, then he's the Messiah, And so that's the line of thinking there. And there are messianic passages that are linked both inside and outside of the Bible to the the expectation that the Messiah would have considerable power and authority over the demonic realm. And so this is where their thinking is going. Now, the Pharisees and the teachers draw a different conclusion because they don't like Jesus. They draw the conclusion that the reason he has authority over the demonic realm is that he's part of the demonic realm, that he is getting this authority from the prince of demons. They use the term Beelzebub or Beelzebul in Greek, which we're going to go on a little bit of a language nerd rabbit trail here. But Beelzebul in Greek is most probably linked to a Hebrew term, which is best translated as Beelzebul And so we're familiar, I think, with Baal in the Old Testament. It was one of the most prominent Canaanite deities that had to be dealt with by the Israelites. Baalzebul in Hebrew is found specifically by name in 2 Kings chapter 1. Baalzebul was the name of a Canaanite and a Philistine god, which the name, depending on how you translate it, and scholars are split over this, it could mean lord of the flies or lord of the dung in fact and, and it could have been used as a, a pejorative name by the israelites as a way of sort of looking down upon this god but it can also be translated as baal the flame and baal was known to be a sky god and so thunder and lightning and the the elements in that control was considered to be in his power by the canaanites in in either case baal zebul is associated with the Canaanite and Philistine city of Ekron which is linked to the gods of the nations and these rebellious spiritual beings which we're going to get into next week because any any being any any god or goddess that was associated with being over a nation is going to have big significance for how that interacts and intersects with Israel in the Old Testament. And so, as I said, we're going to dive more into that next week, but I just want to prime the pump a little bit here. So there's a lot of charged language being used here in this passage with reference to Jesus, and it's full of a bunch of ideas and themes that go way back into some of the very earliest parts of the Old Testament. So from this, Jesus fires back with two possibilities of his own, which is interesting. So he he says, basically, well, listen, either... If if I have my authority from the Prince of Demons in the demonic realm, then that would mean that the evil kingdom is in civil war. Because I'm casting out demons by the power of demons. So we're we're infighting. And that would mean that we're that that the evil kingdom is in civil war. And if that's the case, it's weak. And therefore, if it's a weak kingdom, then God's kingdom will overtake it. But If I do this by God's authority and I represent God's kingdom, then that means that God's kingdom is basically establishing a beachhead right in the backyard of the demonic kingdom. That this is an assault and God's kingdom is in the process of overtaking it. So no matter whose authority you assign my doing this miracle to, the conclusion should be the same. God's kingdom is here and God's kingdom is overtaking the kingdom of this world. And so Jesus basically leaves it up to them and says, then you need to make a choice about who I am right now. You need to pick a side because I'm on the winning one that God's kingdom is here. It is inbreaking, and it is it is taking over the kingdom of this world and of these demonic entities. And you need to decide whether you're with me or not. So he draws a line in the sand and he basically drops the mic. And it's a fantastic rhetorical display of Jesus. And it just shows his wisdom and his insight. But I wanted us to see that this this passage of scripture is actually deeply tied into uh, assumed cultural knowledge about these spiritual beings and their role and their purpose and where they got their authority from and and so on and so forth. And so we're going to continue the discussion uh, throughout the rest of this week. So I hope you will join me then.